Hey there, and welcome to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast, serving up stories and knowledge on Dynamics 365 and the Power Platform. This is what's hot in Dynamics. You're now joining Merlin Schweiger, Liz McGlennon, and Ashley Steiner. I went to a Super Bowl party last night, slash birthday party, <laughs> but I love the half. Thank you. Um, I thought the halftime show was great though. What did you guys think? Well, I had to take a nap to like even be able to stay up for the Super Bowl. That's how you know you're getting old. Like I took a two hour nap at like three. Pretty bad. Um, <laughs> I mean, I slept in if that helped. <laughs> yeah, seeing I was up early. So yeah, so I took like a two hour nap. Um, no, I thought the halftime show was amazing. Like probably one of the better ones. Well, I mean, it totally fed us as millennials, right? Like it was totally aimed towards us. Like our genre artists. Yeah. I mean, I thought Shakira and JLo, was that two years ago now? Like that was really good, but this was almost better. It was better. Yeah. I, just, I just was not, I'm not a huge JLo and Shakira fan. I mean, like it's totally reminiscent of like the time. Same like, era. Yeah. So, yeah. But it, it wasn't, I wasn't as obsessed with them as like, like yesterday I like was jumping off the couch and like, yeah. And like all those memes where it was like, this is the millennials during the halftime show. It was totally <laughs> me. I was like, so like I screamed when Eminem came on because like yeah. huge Eminem fan. So it was yeah, yeah. Really Snoop Dogg and Fifty Cent and all of them. Mary J. Yeah, she was. I was like, I want her boots. Yeah, her boots were she awesome. Looked great. Yeah, yeah, and they're all like pretty old now, and it's like impressive too yeah it was, still and so like 50 talented. cent like still able to like everyone was making fun of like how big he was but like he still like lifted himself up like under the thing and like I don't know I just yeah it was awesome I don't know why they did a, a football game like in the middle of a Snoop Dogg concert it should have just been a concert <laughs> it could have just been them performing the whole night like Absolutely. forget the football <laughs> really I should have watched it <laughs> I can't didn't watch it like none of it none of it that's surprising to me because you are such a Snoop Dogg fan that I thought you would have watched it at least I'm, just for him like, like I can I mean, forgive you for not watching the game right like sports yeah. is not everyone's cup of tea especially if your team if you don't care about the teams right but like missing that halftime show I'm really judging you hard the for best halftime like, show of all literally time. the best I don't, I don't know if it's all time what would I mean <laughs> Justin Timberlake a few years ago was pretty good yeah, but this was better. That's why I said, it, I'm not saying yeah. it's, I don't know. It's debatable, but yeah, it was definitely one of the better ones that I've I, seen. I might've been more likely to have watched it if I had paid enough attention to know who was even playing the halftime show. So like, I couldn't be like, oh, this sounds like a good halftime show to watch because it hadn't even occurred to me to see who was playing. Like, I just didn't even, I didn't even look. I'm disappointed in you. I'm really disappointed. Apparently, had, like, actually, we see, should have like... informed him of who was performing. <laughs> right. That's our job, right? Is to take yeah. care of yeah. Merlin, make sure he knows what's going on in the world. Right. Yeah. Next year, if it's worth watching or you think it's going to be worth watching, let me know. Now, it won't side, be that good next year. I'm pretty sure I could just go back and watch it again. I bet it's on YouTube But right that's now. not the point. Like, the point is it's, like, like watching it live. And, and everyone, think of how many, like, millions and millions of people were, like, watching that at the same time together. Like, that's rare these days. Yeah, yeah but I can still watch it on YouTube. It's not in the moment. It's not the This thing. is so lost on you. <sighs> I will tell you so in the moment. 
my fun the funniest meme though that I saw of this I have to tell you guys was somebody tweeted and they're like oh I'm so glad we're over the days of like the Super Bowl halftime show being like for my parents with being you know like the who or um who else did they have like the Rolling Stones and things like that so glad that they've moved into like 90s to early 2000s then it's like oh wait it means we're old <laughs> it means we're old <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh man, that's terrible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like they're finally marketing to the people that are like the majority that are old enough and stuff. Oh man, it's terrible. Yeah. Yep. Welcome to middle age. Oh man. <laughs> well, clearly <laughs> Merlin's not their demographic they're going after since he was oblivious to it all. <laughs> well, that's they just said, because I wasn't interested in the football. It was still a good game, though. Football, too. I don't, I don't want to, like, spoil it in case people watch it later. But I didn't watch the game at all. Oh, it was a great... It was actually a really good game. But yeah. really Some people were. I'm, I'm just... I'm shocked, Marilyn. But besides that, I mean, talking... Getting into our topic for today, Liz, I think that you are, are going to share with us quite a bit about... I mean, just what you do, right? Sharing how to get into independent consulting. Um, it's something that I've never looked a lot into, but I've been intrigued about um, kind of working for yourself and being able to work, you know, pick and choose who you're working with. I'm probably totally overgeneralizing it. And you're like, oh my God, Ashley, that's not it at all. So would love to hear more about how you got into it. What made you decide to? Um, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's a lot of questions. So it was a lot of questions. So <laughs> like, answer them all, like in yeah. order that I asked. <laughs> I got into it primarily because I wanted more control and flexibility with my work schedule and like what I was working on. Um, so I like quit my job as a practice director and took a few months off and then decided that independent consulting was something I want to try. So you know, for a lot of people, like they would probably just transition directly from like a full-time role into it without that break. Like if you knew what you wanted to do, but like part of my journey was like deciding if that was something I even wanted to try. And I, I love it. Like I am super happy being independent. It does have its stressful moments or areas of uncertainty where you have to like figure stuff out that you've never had to figure out before. But like, if you're comfortable kind of working through that and like with that uncertainty, then I think it's a great option. But I, I would say like, I don't know if it's for everyone. Like you should definitely think about like the pros and cons and kind of evaluate like if it's a something to try that would make sense for you or like you and your family, because it's, I mean, it, it's just like any other job where there's, you know, you like some parts of it, but not all of it. Um, and so it's no different than a regular full-time role that way. I think that that's a good point, right? Because people always say, oh, I want to go work for myself. So like, I don't have a boss or there's no stress. I mean, you it's hear all those things, stressful. but well, <laughs> yeah. your boss is now your customer, right? Because right. like, they're the ones paying your checks and things like that. So you never really truly get away from like having a, a boss or somebody kind of dictating your work. So right. I think that highlighting that it's not this like stress-free, carefree environment, it's still work. You still have to and, work. It's not, yeah, it's your point, actually. It's not like you're going to get paid or people are going to keep paying you if you just don't produce anything or like don't do a good job so like yeah you you have your client you might be working directly with a client so organization that's using the platform 
Um, or you could be contracting through a partner. And so in that situation, you kind of still have two bosses. You know, you have the partner that you're contracting for, but then the client still, that's, you know, the engagement that you're on. So in that aspect, like you still kind of have your your typical like internal client or internal manager plus like the, the external client that's paying for your time. Makes sense. You said you should make a list of the pros and cons. Let's yeah. dig into some of those pros and cons. So when I think of independent consulting, the pros that I assume are there are that I get more control over the projects or the customers that I'm interacting with, which I assume is probably the case. And one of the pros obviously is whatever my billable rate is, I take home all of that money. Yep. Are there any other notable pros that you'd like to? I would say the, you have control over the work you take. There's a caveat to that, right? So like, if you're in a situation where you're not getting a lot of leads, like maybe in the beginning, it's hard to find work and you, you need the money that you could say yes to something because you want that income versus like, it's something that you're actually passionate about, but you do ultimately have the choice to say yes or no. So there is a little bit of a caveat there because you're assuming that you're having this plethora of opportunities and leads where you can pick and choose the ones that are interesting to you to work on versus like, I just need no work to make money. Other pros are really scheduling. Like I I think that you have a lot more control over your schedule and just how much you want to work when you're a contractor, because it's easy to say I'm only available 20 hours a week, or I'm only available these days, or I'm going to take this, these three months off and go travel the world or like whatever, like you can just kind of have that control over your schedule, which I think is personally, I find very appealing. Makes sense. But you don't get paid for your time off. Like there's no such thing as holidays or PTO. So if you're not working, you literally aren't making money. That's what I was just going to say is like, that's kind of like a double-edged sword. Like, sure. Like take three months off, travel the world. Like that's cool. But those three months, it's not like you're getting PTO or no things like or that. benefits like healthcare. Right. No. Um, and I guess that's one of the negatives, right? So going into the cons, not that, it, you know, and I think cons are all objective, right? So like the healthcare, what if you're married to somebody that, you know, could provide you healthcare or, you know, the time off, like, you know, it's worth it. You save up the money or something, but. Yeah. I mean, and that's, it's planning too. And so it is like financially, you need to plan more because like you might want to take breaks where you're not getting paid um, or, and you also have to prepay your taxes and kind of deal with that part of running a business. Um, Mm -hmm. And you wouldn't want to like overpay yourself without covering your business costs, your taxes. You have to think about your 401k, like retirement still. And so it's not like you're taking all of that money home that you're billing per hour. You still have to cover those other expenses. And if you don't have a health, like a healthcare dental vision option, like through a spouse, like buy that on the open market. But like anytime I've ever done the numbers with anyone, like if you look at, we know how much consultants make kind of through a partner. So if you pick even a conservative hourly rate and do the math, like typically you come out ahead, even if you are buying your own benefits and taking time off and all of those things, like typically you will end up making more money than you would at a full time, like, you know, regular job. What's the word for that? (laughs) Full-time employment. (laughs) Yeah. Well, gosh, then why are any of us working for partners? Well, there are other cons. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we're not all working for partners, Marlon, let's be Mm, true. true. (laughs) Some of us like the partner life. Yeah. And you have to be a consultant. So if you don't want to be a consultant, it's hard to be an independent contractor because 
the very nature of of it is consulting. So kind of all the pros and cons would come with consulting also apply to being an independent consultant. So my question is, how do you even get started? So Liz, in your case, you took some time off in between your last full-time employment job. I think that's what we decided to call it. (laughs) Um, And like kind of thinking about what your next steps were. I mean, what did you have to do first? So it depends on the state. So like you would, I think, apply or file to be uh, an LLC um, within the state that you you live in. And so that's really easy. Like that took me like 10 minutes and I don't know, a hundred bucks and you just do it online. I don't remember what the cost is exactly, but it's about a hundred dollars. And that process and that fee does vary per state. So that's for Minnesota, but I would imagine that they're all pretty similar. And then you could, you're officially a business. Um, and then really everything else is up to you. Like think about how you'd want to market yourself or find work and then go, go from there. Uh, and so you can keep it pretty simple. Like if you're just operating on your own and you're not going to have employees or contractors, like the taxes and all the administration stuff is pretty straightforward. Like it's pretty easy to, to deal with. Now, if you think about adding people, that's when it, that stuff gets more complicated, which is like why I have never gone down that road is because like, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with all the administration stuff behind that. And if you hire somebody to deal with it, then that's just more money you're paying out of pocket. Yeah. Right. Right. But I mean, if, if you were adding employees, you theoretically be making more money and you could cover that. But like the other part too, is then you're getting into like people management and it's not just you. Like if you're solo, you're just worrying about yourself, your work, your billable hours. And so it's fully in your control. Well, you're also losing some of that freedom. Like if you have employees, it's a lot harder to take off for three months. Someone's relying on you. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if you're just independent, just as an LLC, all that setup process is pretty easy. And again, thinking about like, how do you market on LinkedIn or setting up a website? How do you find leads? And I've really found um, like the podcast is a great lead source for me, but just networking. So just connections and and being active within the community helps. Would you say that the upfront investment is like doable for most people or is it? Yeah. I mean, if you don't have a hundred dollars, if you're in a situation where you have no buffer financially, you probably shouldn't make the switch. So like when I decided to try it or quit without a plan, I, um, I did that, like I did our budget and I was like, oh, like I'm good if not working for a year. So like worst case scenario, if I don't find work for a year. We're fine. Like we're not going to like starve or lose our home. And so like saving up, having some runway, having a buffer, I think takes the stress out of making the switch. Because if you do go a few months where you can't find work initially, it's okay. You just need to keep trying. And then once you get that first contract, it's really easy to find the next one. I don't know any independent consultants that need work right now. I try, like I'm looking, you know, cause I get leads and I want to hand them to someone because I don't want to take it and I can't find anyone that needs work. And so that's not really an issue once you get started. It's kind of interesting. I wonder why, I wonder why like that initial, after you've got that initial contract and the work just keeps coming. I think people talk, right? It's that networking. um, It's that, I I mean, I feel like the network of dynamics and the power platform is small. It's big. There's a lot of people that we all talk to each other. So I feel like once you have an in somewhere, that's going to extend multiple places. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, that's just really interesting. 
And I get a ton of leads just from people finding me on LinkedIn. Like a lot of my work has come from just people finding my LinkedIn profile. I don't have a website for my LLC and I haven't really needed one. Like I initially thought I would need a website and that I do all this kind of, I don't plan to do all this traditional like sales and marketing efforts. And I have never needed to spend time or money on that. Well, if you think about all those, like, I don't know if you guys get hit up by a lot of recruiters on LinkedIn looking for, you know, people, I mean, that's a very easy, like, oh, I'm not, you know, looking for a job, but I am, you know, contracting. And I feel like that right. easily turn around. Right. Um, and if you're you listing that, that you're a contractor, like those, I still get full-time employment, like offers, like recruiters, but like it, half of it kind of switches to contracting work. And so right. like, it's just simply updating your LinkedIn profile. I mean, I hate to say it, but like, I feel like the dynamics and power platform space is really lucrative right now. It is. Um, I, I, oh, we said it yeah. on one of our other podcasts, there's like 10,000 this apps jobs or, or maybe Liz, we've talked yeah. about that um, conversations. They all seem to run together these days. Um, but you know, there's like 10,000 open Microsoft business applications jobs. Globally. Yeah. Globally, which, yeah. Is, which is a lot. Yeah. So and so that same demand applies to, yeah, finding work if you're an independent contractor. Yeah. Right. So if you found in your experience then working independently, you mentioned one of the options is you work directly with a customer and one of the options is you kind of work like contract through another partner. Mm-hmm. Do you have a preference for kind of which way to go? Because again, I can see pros and cons to each. There are pros and cons to each. And I, I guess I don't have a strong preference. So the nice thing about working with a partner is that typically you're on a team and it's a larger engagement. Um, and so you can really do take on the role that you're comfortable with. So like, I'm not technical, I'm not a coder. And so like, if I, you know, need to be part of a project that requires a developer skill set, like I wouldn't want to do that independently, like on my own solo, that it's nice to have a team to support you through that process. Um, Or even just parts of the project that you don't want to do, like documentation, maybe (laughs) like there's someone else there that can do that. But if you're working directly with the client, they may or may not have internal people, but it could just be you trying to implement whatever. And so you, I think, have to wear more hats technically to like make the full solution work or know, like have a strong network of other independent contractors to say like, I need a developer for this. And who do I know when I have to refer someone in? Because you don't just have this team of, of coworkers that are part of the partner that you're working with. I like working directly with the client because I think you have more control over the delivery process and like decisions mm-hmm. um, and all of that. But the, the cons are that it's just you having to figure it all out. That's true. Have you like ever run into like, I don't know, collections issues working directly with a customer? Cause that's like one of the things that comes I've to mind. I've had them like, pay late. Yeah. So that's know. the nice thing about a partner is that the money just shows up <laughs> in your checking account and the client, like I had a client that was like mailing, snail mailing me checks and they were a little late some of the times. And I never had to like follow up very much, like just one phone call and like the next check would be sent. But that is something that you, you know, you worry about is like, will I actually get paid for my work? Especially if it's a mm-hmm. smaller business that maybe, you know, has cash flow problems or like whatever. Right. Or like a part-time bookkeeper that's, you know, the owner's right. sister-in-law or something. Yeah. They're just not super on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely a con, but I've never had an actual issue with that. I've never had to like hound someone for my payment. Do you do any sort of check on the company? So I think that was a good call, like the cash flow issue. 
Yeah. I mean, what kind of checks do you do before you start working with someone? I mean, I guess I go through like a very light sales process. Like you would have a conversation or several together to like, cause they're also evaluating you, but I've never done any formal checks. Like all of the clients I've worked with, I've known, or like they've been referred by someone. And so I just haven't really felt the need to, cause it hasn't been a cold introduction. And I've definitely like disqualified you know, through that sales process, like, I just don't feel good about this person or this company and said no, just because no, no, like hard reason, but just because like my gut was telling me like it wasn't a good fit culturally, which is nice. It's nice to be able to say no. Yeah. Yeah. I wish I could say no sometimes. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It's very empowering. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. When I talk to people about like, If they want to, I usually hear, especially for more technical people, but just in general, that people are nervous about like the sales and marketing part and like trying to find the work. And so I would say like, if you don't have any sort of background in that or like estimating, especially if you're going to try to go directly to a client, like it helps to know how to write a sale. It helps to know you have to come up with your own contracts. Like you need an MSA, you need to have an NDA disclosure in there. You're going to write up a sale and you have to be able to estimate the work. And so if that's something you've never done, I think that can be very overwhelming or just uncertain. There's uncertainty there of, I don't know how to do this. And that, I, I hear that a lot when I talk to people, it's that that's the biggest area that they're nervous about. It's not the actual delivery work once you land the project, once you find a client. So I think that goes back to my question on the overhead. Like, did you hire somebody to help you write that MSA and no. MBA or did you get it just offline? Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, I was a contract admin at our first job where we worked together, Ashley. And then like, I was in sales in a previous role. And so like, I had gathered those skills throughout my previous work experience. So no, I didn't have any help with that. But if you, be- if you don't have that background, you could definitely hire someone to help you, you know initially set that stuff up and figure that out I just think it might be smart especially if you don't have a lot of the background in that admin type stuff yeah that, you know so it, yeah so a hundred dollars is set up the LLC but you might want to set aside some additional funds for a lawyer consulting or even like tax professionals to help you figure out I how do. to set tax yeah and I I did end up hiring mm-hmm. someone to help with my taxes because I just probably a I good idea. didn't want to deal with that myself and well, so I think the last thing you want to mess yeah. up with is the IRS <laughs> right right and you could do it yourself yeah. like again they're not that complicated if it's just you and you have no employees or contractors but it was just that was the one thing I did decide to outsource after a few months of, of trying to do my my prepayments. <laughs> and I was nervous. I'm like, am I doing this right? And it's really not that hard. But again, it's just the peace of mind of, of someone double checking in. Well, and it's the time, it. yeah. right? So if you're, let's say you are consulting 35 hours a week, I mean, that doesn't give you, you know, if you want to stick to a 40 hour work week, I think the benefit of being an independent consultant, like you said, you can dictate that schedule, but who would want to be an independent consultant at 80 hours a week? Right. It kind of takes away the point of it. So anything that you can do to have more billable hours and maybe just outsource. Like you said, some of those admin tasks might be, you know, some people might find that uh, nice. Yeah. And something else you need to do initially is set up a bank account, but it's like not hard, but again, it's an extra step. And like, I had to go in person to do mine at my bank. So like, that was a bit of a hassle. What was that like? What was it like going to a bank? Oh. I can't remember the last time I went to a bank. I it was to get euros was the last time I went so to a bank. <laughs> I didn't even think about it because it was I was doing this all the first month of COVID too. And so 
That was fun, right? It was a really, really good time to start a new venture. I showed up to the bank and they're like, you need an appointment. And it's like two weeks out. And I'm like, okay, I guess I'll get a bank account in two weeks then. (laughs) So that is something to plan for is that there are just kind of other logistical things or like getting business cards for a conference. Like I had never had to like make or print business cards before because that had always just showed up on my desk, you know, at my, Mm -hmm. my job. Um, so all those kind of like small things that you may have maybe never paid attention to, like someone needs to do it. And if you don't pay someone to do it, it's you, like it's on you to figure it out. Ugh. Sounds terrible. I think so, you just talked me out of independent consulting. <laughs> not for, like it, I love it, but it's not for everyone. Like you seriously need to think about it before you, you try it and like, make sure that it is a good fit for you. I wonder if like creating that checklist is also helpful for people. Like mm-hmm. you can talk to someone, right? Like, so if I was going to, I know Liz, you and I have kind of talked maybe a little bit over the last eight months of like, not seriously, but just like considering, I think that that is probably the most beneficial thing you could do if you were considering it is find, first of all, reach out to Liz. Um, obviously. Thanks for volunteering me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, I figured you're here today talking about it because you want to, you know, help people. No, people um, can reach out if they have questions about absolutely. it. Yeah. <laughs> but, or, you know, um, getting like that checklist. Like if I was to start it, Liz, I think that like, I would say, okay, what did you do first? And then what did you, you know what I mean? Just kind of asking those questions so you don't miss something. And that's where maybe getting yeah, like that outsourcing would be, a lawyer. Or that would be would smart. Be like when I did it, I just did like one thing after another. And I was like, okay, I did this. And then it's like, oh, like I hadn't thought about this next thing, like getting a bank account. <laughs> and so I definitely just like winged it all. Um, but yeah, yeah. I mean, a check, which works help. for some people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I'm yeah. not so like, I don't think my personality could handle that. Yeah, no, I think planning definitely makes sense. And there's a strong, like, community of independent contractors too and we actually talk all the time about how like we need to formalize like as a like kind of a user group and a support system for each other and it's like union (laughs) yeah I don't know that'd be interesting especially if we start sharing like rate information because that's a hard thing and it's something I get asked about too is like how much should I charge and I think really talking to a few other independent consultants helps with that decision because you don't want to undervalue yourself but you also don't want to lose work especially in the beginning by going with too high of a rate but there's a so there's a strong community of people and if you kind of I think just use LinkedIn like you can find other independent consultants and they're usually very willing to help and tell their story and share advice and support each other so just like everything else in our industry and our community like people are very supportive very helpful and this is no different doesn't say that's not unique to just independent consulting in this industry right it's true so I guess my last question is just like what would you have done differently like looking back is there one thing that sticks out in your mind like not started it the month that COVID started (laughs) (laughs) so something you couldn't control at all was COVID and that's what you picked I literally (laughs) filed my LLC like for my LLC in February of 2020 so I literally hit the two-year mark um yesterday for my LLC and then my first contract thanks (laughs) My first contract was um, an in-person travel training gig in Ohio in March. And so that definitely did not happen and got postponed all the way to October and ended up being totally virtual because we kept thinking like this can be in person and we'll just keep postponing it until, you know, we thought things would go back to normal much, much sooner. And they're in the healthcare industry and they were just swamped. They do like temporary nurse staffing. And so they didn't have the time to even do the training 
either because they were just in like they were swamped and their their system runs all of the logistics of staffing and, and placing nurses and so they were focused on just meeting the demand at the time due to the pandemic so um, acts of god <laughs> set a side list yes. where we can't control like yeah. disease you know coming down and, and overwhelm go figure <laughs> um i mean i guess having a plan would be nice like I would encourage someone to have have a plan um and I think the buffer financially like personally like took out the stress of making the switch because that's I think the scariest part is like if you don't find work right away and you have a gap like a substantial gap in income like what does that mean to you your family your lifestyle are you willing to like is anyone like is your family or are you willing to adjust your lifestyle to like make that stretch longer like worst case scenarios like I'm a firm believer of like the worst case scenario plan and like hopefully it will never come down to that but like knowing that even if if you don't find work for a year like you will be okay I don't think that would ever happen but like I think it's good to plan for it and to have just that knowledge of like this is how long I can try this for before I have to maybe go back to something more traditional it's good advice Merlin, do you have any other questions for Liz? I don't think so. I feel like this is a very complete explanation. I guess. I feel like we were probably both taking notes just in case oh, we oh, ever decide that this is of course. <laughs> the right path for enough. you. <laughs> yeah. I guess I will say as somebody who is sort of casually in the job market at the moment, if anyone listening out there decides that they do want to go independent and they either can't find work or decide that they hate it or whatever, there are a lot of partners that are hiring right now. So it shouldn't be too difficult to jump back into full-time employment if independent doesn't work out for whatever reason. That's a good point. Yeah, the demand is there. Yeah, there's a lot of open roles. So I think it's yeah. fairly low risk given that. Yep. So I thought I was done, but I have just like, I want your opinion on this, Liz. Like how difficult is somebody who did not like consulting with a partner for uh, for reasons of like, I. I was doing work that I wasn't qualified for, or I was PMing stuff where that's not like my expertise and somebody who really enjoys being on like the front end, helping people. How hard of a transition would that be if there's other admins like me out there that are thinking about it? I think you could find work that fits your skill set and like your, your interest areas. So like I frequently see like, like direct client work where we have an existing system and we need many projects or support. And so that to me feels like a very admin type of role. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think you're, that's really up to the person. And like, you have to be good at saying no. Uh, it's definitely like helped me improve that skill because like you're going to get offered work that you aren't really ready or qualified to do. And so you have to think about like, do I want to take on this power automate or power BI project or marketing? I've never deployed the marketing app. Like, do I want to figure this out? and like take on that risk and push myself outside of that comfort zone on your own and not with the team supporting you? Or do you want to stick to the stuff that you do have experience with and you are more comfortable with? So that I think is completely up to you and that's your decision. And you might decide like, yeah, I have the time and I want to learn something new. And so I'm going to push myself and take on that new project that's going to force me to learn something new if you feel like it's right, the right time. So that's, yeah, completely up to you and whether or not you say no or yes to those engagements. That was not at all like a very personal targeted question if you thought I could do it or not, Liz, but. No, yeah. I mean, I think any, if you are in the industry as an internal admin, an internal role or as a consultant that 
you would, again, think anyone's capable in switching. It's really just, are you able to, to kind of figure out the areas that you might not have a lot of experience with? Are you willing to outsource some of it? And your just comfortability with like uncertainty. And I think drive too, because you don't have anyone holding you accountable. Like you have no manager. And so it's really, trust me, it's really easy to like waste a whole day or waste weeks of like not really being productive because you don't have billable work and you need to find it, but you just, you know, you're at home and you're not working. And so you do really need to be able to like motivate yourself personally and like be productive on finding the work or doing things that maybe aren't directly billing, you know, on a project. So you can't be lazy. Really (laughs) space cracked me up. Maybe more reasons I shouldn't be an independent consultant. Oh, I think you could do it, Marilyn. I probably could. I feel like he, he was worried about that drive comment, that motivation comment. <laughs> oh man, poor Marilyn. I, we almost made it through a whole podcast, Marilyn, without teasing you about something. I mean, really, I kind of I kind of tease myself, so <laughs> I don't know if that counts. We kind of gave him crap about missing. Oh, that's true. But that was like, that was warranted. Yeah. It's still teasing. (laughs) Uh, Well, thanks, Liz, for sharing your story today. I think it's really fascinating to kind of hear like what we're all doing and how we got there. And I'm sure other people enjoyed it as well. Thanks. Yeah. And if people have questions about it, or if you are making the switch and need work, reach out. Awesome. Thanks, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Dynamics Hot Dish Podcast. For additional content and previous episodes, check out our website at dynamicshotdish.com, follow us on Twitter at Dynamics Hot Dish, and subscribe to our podcast for notifications. Thanks. See you next time.